verses 12 down through verse 15. Psalm 92, verse for some 12. Of you've been praying for, for some of you have been praying for Ed Hackett for us. I went over Psalm 92 and verse number 12. Let's all stand. We're going to read the portion of Scripture today. The Bible talks about in Ezra's day when Ezra went to uh, preach the Word of God and, and to share the Word of God that they all stood in reverence for the Word of God. And it's an important thing to uh, reverence the Word of God. Here in Psalm chapter 92, beginning with verse number 12, it says, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall, they shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. To show that the Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, today as we come before you, we thank you that you have provided all things that pertain to life and godliness. And Lord, you've given us what we need to grow as Christians. Lord, I pray today that as we grow and as we know you and understand more of you, that our life would be encouraged and helped. And Lord, I pray today as we open thy word that you would speak to us. And Lord, I pray for those who are uh, under the weather today. I think of uh, Erica. I pray, God, for your hand of blessing upon her, help her in her recovery. And Lord, pray for Brian Hornbeek today. I pray for him as well. And for Ed Hackett, Lord, I pray for uh, these different folk and the different struggles they're going through. Pray, God, for your hand to be upon them. I pray, God, you give me thy words today. We thank you and we praise you. Now, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. The Christian life is to be one of constant growth. Sometimes the growth in our life is small. At other times, it, it kind of moves ahead very rapidly. Many want to shorten the process of this thing called growth. When James A. Garfield was president of Hiram College, a man brought his son to the president, and he said, you know, uh, the, the, the dad said, he says, you know, my son needs a, a shorter course than the regular course of study. Uh, he can't absorb all of that information that's given. Can you work that out so he can have a shorter course but get the same grade? And... Uh, Mr. Garfield, who was a minister and an educator, said this. He says, oh, yes, uh, he can take a short course. It all depends on what you want to make him. When God makes an oak, it takes 100 years. But it only takes him two months to make a squash. <laughs> you know, many want instant spirituality. They want, they want to know it all. They want to get it all. And they want to have it like right now. But may I share with you, there is no instant Christianity in the sense of my spiritual growth. I've got it all in a moment. It's not like instant coffee or instant mashed potatoes. Uh, there are no shortcuts in maturity. There's no gimmicks. It takes time to grow as a Christian. And so as we consider this, is, growth is a sequence. It's an orderly arrangement. We as Christians ought to be flourishing as Christians. When we speak of flourishing, it's different than just existing. When we were in California, we had some trees when we moved into our house that 
were plum trees. And these plum trees, they, uh, for the first couple of years that we were there, they, they didn't have any plums at all. Uh, it, it had leaves on it, but it looked kind of sickly. And so we went to the, uh, the nursery, and they said, well, you need to put this stuff on it and put this stuff on it. And, and we did all those things. And uh, all of a sudden, we saw these plums that were kind of gnarly looking. I didn't even eat them because they looked so bad. The tree was it, was, it had some life, but it looked dead. You know, that's how some Christians are. They have a life. They know that Jesus is their Savior. There's no doubt about that. They have that confidence. Uh, they know they're on their way to heaven. Uh, they, they know the terms that are expected to speak about Christianity. They know, you know, they read their Bible. Uh, they come to church, but they're only existing as Christians. You say, well, what does that mean, Pastor? Well, the word to flourish, according to Webster's Dictionary, is this. It means to thrive, to prosper, to be in a state of activity or development. And God expects, and God, God's mindset for us as Christians is not just to exist. You know, you could have a, 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 a flower that has one flower on it. You say, well, that's wonderful, it's got one flower. Or you can give it miracle grow, and all of a sudden it's got all sorts of blooms and blossoms. That's to flourish. Today, as we consider this idea, I, I want to just challenge you to ask yourself the question, am I just existing as a Christian? Oh, I know I'm saved. I know I have Christ as my Savior. Or am I flourishing as a Christian? Is my life growing? Am I excited about what God is doing in my life? Am I striving to see God do more in my life than he has done in the past? Am I flourishing as a Christian? In the portion of Scripture that we read just a couple minutes ago, we uh, noticed three important points. First of all, the promise to flourish. God gives us a promise right here. This book called the Bible is a book full of promises of God. And one of the promises is that of flourishing. As a Christian, God says uh, that we will flourish as a Christian. But look what it says here in Psalm chapter 92, verse 12. It says, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow up like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of their God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. That idea of flourish or flourishing is mentioned three times in this, this little portion of Scripture here. That word flourish means to bud, to sprout, to, to blossom. The figure that God uses here is that of the palm tree. The palm tree gives the idea of grandeur and, and uh, usefulness. The fruit of the palm tree makes a great part of the diet of the, the people of Arabia and part of Persia and of that place of Egypt there. The leaves, they say, are used for baskets and, and the, the, uh, the strong leaves, some, sometimes six to eight feet long, uh, make fences. The juice uh, makes a rack and the threads between the leaves they use for ropes and for rigging of small vessels and the rest of that they use for firewood. But all is used in some way. Dr. Thomas, in the book called uh, The Land of the Book, made the following remarks about the palm tree. He said, the palm, uh, the palm grows slowly but steadily from century to century. 
uninfluenced by the alterations of the seasons which affect other trees. It does not rejoice overmuch in the winter's copious rains, nor does it droop under the drought and the burning sun of summer. Neither heavy weights which people place upon its head, nor the inopportune uh, urgency of the wind can sway it aside from perfect uprightness. There it stands looking calmly down upon the world below and patiently yielding its large clusters of golden fruit from generation to generation. Matthew Henry's in his commentary says this, It has been said of the palm tree that the more it is pressed down, the more it grows. So the righteous flourish under their burdens. The more they are afflicted, the more they multiply. Interesting thought as you consider this idea of the palm tree. You know, God has promised those that live righteously. I think it's significant that he says the, those that live righteously, righteously shall flourish. He doesn't say that the unsaved the, or the people that are living carnally after their flesh are going to flourish. The Bible says those that live righteously shall flourish like a palm tree. The analogy here of these two trees, the palm and the cedar, the cedar of Lebanon is believed to be a thousand years old. That's a long time for a tree. Longevity and sturdiness is the idea as God is talking to the person that's that is righteous, they'll be like that cedar. That they'll be sturdy. They, they will be. They will have longevity. The palm tree, fruitfulness and durability. They're able to withstand the storms of life. It's amazing how to watch the palm trees in the hurricanes and the wind just blows and they just bend down and once the storm is gone, they pop back up and they stand upright. You know, some folk have endured storms of life, but they have been disillusioned with people or life itself. And they say to themselves, so what's the use? They become complacent or even apathetic. They begin to compromise with sin. They begin to justify their cold heart while God has promised that the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. But you know what? There are people that have gone through storms on the, the flip side of, the, of that coin who have gone through the storms like the palm and remain like the cedar. They don't give up or give in. Rather, they seem to flourish in their Christian walk going through those storms. You know, God has promised that the righteous shall flourish. I want you to notice the second point in this portion of Scripture today, and that's this. There's the place of flourishing. The place of flourishing. Look with me to verse 13. It says, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree, and he shall grow up like a cedar in Lebanon. Verse 13. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. There was a particular place where trees need to be planted in order to flourish. You know, there are trees, if you're getting trees now, we're at the springtime, you better enjoy it. It's only two weeks long here in Montana. Before we're going to go back into, you know, we'll have a, a week of summer, and then we'll have, be back into winter again, have snow. Um, I was talking with our next-door neighbor, and he said, 
Uh, Pastor, you know, for Mother's Day, that was just last week. He said, you know, uh, I said, how are things going? He says, well, uh, I, he says, I, I, got to, uh, I, I got these two plants. And these plants, you know, they, they were the future, the hanging plants. And, and he got those for his wife. And, and uh, she was really, she liked them. And they had the beautiful flowers on them. And he put them out on Sunday. And Sunday night, we had that freeze. And they all froze. They, 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 he says, so I threw away 60 bucks on, uh, for that. I said, boy, are you in trouble. But see, he was preparing for it. I mean, he had that, and he had candy, and he had it all. So I said, he says, I'm going to get started. I'm going to have to go out and get a couple more, couple more plants to, to kind of offset that first, first time. But you know, there are certain plants and certain trees that have to have certain type of soil or a certain type of, of conditions in order for it to produce. Some trees and some shrubs say, you know, if you look on that little uh, tag that's on there, it says uh, needs lots of sunlight or it needs little sunlight. Some of them say, well, you need to uh, put in sandy soil or others maybe like a clay or, or you need to have uh, some uh, special mixture on the bottom so that it, it's able to, to adapt and able to grow. God's place for the righteous to flourish. Now listen to me. God's place for the righteous to flourish. Are you with me? It's not on the golf course. It's not on the hillside hunting an elk. If we look back at verse 13, it tells us where the place. If we're going to flourish as one of God's children, he says, verse 13, those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. I submit to you, it's important to know if I'm going to flourish as a Christian, the place of flourishing is in the house of the Lord. It is there that the righteous will find the right nourishment. It is there that the saints will find the right balance for his or her life. It's important to note that those that be planted, there's a determination to stick and stay. Just as it takes time to, for a plant to get adjusted to its new environment, so a child of God must determine to stay firmly fixed in the house of God. That word planted means to plant. It means to put, be put in there and stick and stay. So many folk don't like to stick and stay for any length of time. They're constantly going from church to another church, looking for some experience or some new thrill. God doesn't say that those that are constantly uprooting themselves shall flourish. Rather, he says, those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. Several years ago, we planted some blue spruce. We decided that it'd be nice to have some plants. Tawny and I, uh, we said, well, you know, it'd be nice to have some trees planted around uh, here in, in Montana. Here again, Montana has got more rocks. You know, I didn't have one of those bars, Randy, the, those, those bars to move the, the rocks out. So I took one of those. I thought, you know, this will be easy, no problem. I took one of those post hole diggers, you know, you put down here and you go like this, boink, hit those rocks. And I got that rock out, and then I went down again. Guess what? I hit another rock, and another rock. And, you know, you want to have some space so these, these plants can have nice nourishment. We had like seven of these trees that we put around our property. And I'm hitting rock after rock after rock. I said, man, this is wearing me out. Uh, 
we, Brother Randy, I can remember when we were out here and we were digging post holes for the, for the, the playground equipment that we had out there at one time. And we, he was on one of these power things. I thought, man, let's get one of these power things. This will, this will really help. We'll just go right through, the, go through it. Man, that thing was trying to pitch us all over the place because it's got so many rocks. We were out there in the first year. We put these, these spruce in. They say you've got to put a lot of water to them. You gotta put, and we put these spruce in, and they hardly moved at all the first year. I mean, we put fertilizer. They were in shock that first year. But the next year, once they started getting their roots down, all of a sudden, they started with the sunlight and the fertilizer and the different things. They began to start to grow because they had gotten their, their roots down deep. There was growth that started coming. Now, they're, they're, uh, we used to decorate them out there on the, our one side. Now, I used to have to get on a six-foot ladder now and plus a, a pole to get the lights on the top of the tree. Don't do that anymore. They're just going to be there the way they are. Uh, but they've grown. They've grown. They've flourished in the environment because they have their roots down deep. How many Christians have started to grow, have started to blossom in their Christian life in a church, and then they uproot themselves and go someplace else and the growth stops? How many Christians just haven't decided to plant themselves in the house of the Lord, and so they're not flourishing? God says that the place of flourishing for the, for the righteous person is in the house of the Lord. We need to ask ourselves, do I really want to flourish as a child of God? Do I want to flourish? Or am I just content to exist? May I share with you today that you ought to be in the house of the Lord every time the doors open? You say, why? Because there's spiritual food that God provides for you when you come to the house of the Lord. Let me ask you a question as you think about your trees and your bushes. Some of you, you say, well, you know, Pastor, we've got to, we have to water them, and then at certain times we have to fertilize them, and we have to do certain things. We have to trim the, the limbs back. Uh, does the tree or the bush know when the husbandman is going to fertilize the tree? The answer is no. Does the, the bush or the tree, does it know uh, at, at what time the husbandman, the person, the caretaker, is going to clip off some branches so that it can bear more fruit? The answer is no. I submit to you that the child of God does not know when God is going to use the preaching of the word of God to fertilize your life. Doesn't know when the preaching of the word of God is going to expose some weeds that need to be uprooted out of your life and taken out of your life. The child of God does not know when some branches, that oh, there's all sorts of branches, but see, you've got so many branches, it's not growing as strongly as it should be. Some of them need to be pruned back. It's through the preaching of God's word that that process is done. We just don't know that in the services. That's the reason why when you come to the house of God, when the message has been prepared, God is, has given a, his message. He's trying to help you to flourish as a Christian, to flourish, to grow, to blossom. There's an article that's entitled, entitled, Are You Pushed or Pushing? How long would you keep an automobile that had to be pushed everywhere it went? 
How much would it be worth to you? How much pleasure would you find in it? You might keep an automobile that just had to be pushed occasionally. Anybody had one of those automobiles like that? We had one of those. Sometimes that starter wouldn't just jump and do a start, and you had to kind of get it on a roll, and you had to push it, and it would, it would fire up. You might keep an automobile that just had to be pushed occasionally, but you would not have one for long that just could not be depended on. That would not go uh, whenever you wanted it to go. The Lord is no more pleased with one of his servants that continually has to be pushed uh, than you would have to have an automobile that continually has to be pushed. God wants men, women, of initiative and fervency of spirit. Paul taught us to be diligent, not slothful, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, Romans 12, 11. A man who has to be pushed continually in order to keep him in service and attending worship is not devoted to the cause. It is understandable that a newborn babe in Christ, a new convert, might need to be pushed or encouraged. But if one who has been a Christian for many years must still be pushed, he's not growing spiritually as he should. He is not spiritually matured. The final question that they have on that, do you have to be pushed? Do you have to be pushed? Dr. Bonner, who was a uh, Bible scholar, once said that he could tell when a Christian was growing. He says, in proportion to his growth in grace, he would elevate his maker. He would talk less of himself and what he was doing and become smaller and smaller in his own esteem until, like the morning star, he faded away before the rising sun. Are you content to just exist or are you, is your desire to flourish as a Christian? You need to get planted in the house of the Lord. I want you to notice the third point here, and that's this, the purpose of flourishing. The purpose of flourishing. We look here at this portion of Scripture, and notice what he says. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. Notice, to show that the Lord is upright, he is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. The reason for flourishing is not so that others will know who we are, but rather that they will know who our God is. They will know who our God is. So often we want to flourish so that we can get more things from God, or uh, that others will be impressed with us for our knowledge and our ability. But the desire in this verse, the desire of the righteous is that God would enable them to flourish so that they might be able to give him the glory. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good work and glorify your Father which is in heaven. There is nothing wrong with flourishing, whether it be financially or spiritually. In fact, in this portion, it says that God... Uh, that God causes the righteous, they shall flourish like a palm tree. What we must keep in mind is the reason God has caused us to flourish. Not for us to keep the glory. Look what I've done. Look what I've accomplished. But rather, to look and see what God has done. Man, our God's been good. God has been wonderful. We have a wonderful Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is so awesome. We need to lift him high. 
Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Today, as we conclude, are you flourishing in your Christian life, or are you just existing? Is there new growth in your life, or have you ceased producing? Is there new growth, or the branch is diseased and need to be pruned, or do you need to be fertilized, and need to be watered? The famous poet, H.W. Longfellow, was once asked how he managed a long and happy life. And he saw an apple tree, and he pointed to it, and he remarked and said this, The secret of the apple tree is that it grows a little new wood each year. That's what I try to do. No matter what your age is, no, longer how, no matter how long you've been saved, we ought to desire and work on growing spiritually in our Christian life. You say, well, Pastor... You know, I'm up in age, and I've been in church for a long time. I've heard lots of messages. I, I wonder how many messages that we have heard. But I submit to you folks, if we're not growing in, in the Lord, we're backsliding. There's no in-between. There's no in-between. And no matter how long you've been saved, there is still more growth that God wants to accomplish in your life. You notice what this says? I, look at this last part here in verse 14. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. Well, pastor, I did it when I was in my 50s. I did it when I was in my 40s. No, 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 no. That's not what God says. That's not what God's looking for, is that we will bear fruit even in our old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. Say, Pastor, say, there's where I'm at. That fat and flourishing. <laughs> well, I think you need to understand something. God wants you to be flourishing. Amen? God wants us to be flourishing. He wants us to enjoy the Christian life. He wants to pour out his blessing. But as we've seen, as we've looked at this, it's the righteous that he's promised to flourish. It's the righteous who are planted in the house of the Lord that are going to be the ones that he says are going to be flourishing. I submit to you today and pray today as you think about your own Christian life. Why not get rooted in Galilee Baptist Church? Why not get rooted in this book? Why not get rooted in prayer? Why not get rooted in soul winning, trying to win others for Jesus Christ so that you can be flourishing as a Christian? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for the precious word of God. We thank you, Lord, that we have been given a promise that if we yield our life to you, we surrender our all to you, that, Lord, that we will flourish if we are planted in your house. Hearing the preaching of thy word, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Lord, I pray that we'd all desire to grow and not just... Uh, excuse ourselves and say, well, uh, you know, I'm too old to grow. No, God, that's not what you said. We can always grow if we're seeking to draw close to you. Father, I pray today that we'd have a tender heart to grow, a tender heart to, to see you in a, in a greater way, to love you with more with our heart and soul and mind and strength. Lord, I pray today for these folks that are here. I, I don't know 
their heart. I don't know where they are spiritually. But Lord, I pray that you'd give them that desire. Lord, you can do things in our heart and life which uh, are amazing. You've promised. So Father, I pray that we'd have that desire. And Lord, if there's one without Jesus today, I pray they'd come and get saved. With every head bowed and every eye closed, we always like to give people an opportunity to respond to the gospel. You say, Pastor, what's the gospel? The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that we are a sinner. Romans 3, verse 10 says, There is none righteous, no, not one. The Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. There's a price for the things that we've done wrong. The Bible tells us in Ezekiel 18, it says, The soul that sinneth, it shall, it shall die. All of us are sinners. All of us deserve to die and go to hell. But Jesus Christ, God's Son, His perfect Son, His only begotten Son, died in your place and in mine to pay the price for our sins, that we might have eternal life, that we might have our sins forgiven. And we can, if we, are, if we believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and shed his blood as a payment for those sins, he was buried and rose again the third day, and ask him to be our Savior. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's not just enough in our mind to intellectually think about it, but to be willing to humble ourselves and say, I need a Savior. I want to turn from my sin. I want to turn to Jesus. And right now we are seated. If you're listening to us on the Internet, you can ask Jesus to be your Savior. You can pray a simple prayer if you mean it in your heart. And say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I believe what the Bible says. I'm on my way to hell without Jesus. But right now, I want Jesus to come into my heart and into my life and save me. I believe he died on the cross. He was buried and the third day rose again. I put my trust, my confidence totally in Jesus right now. And ask him to be my Savior. In Jesus' name. With no one looking around, if you prayed and asked Jesus to be your Savior, it's the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. You know, the Bible says once you've done that, He'll never leave you nor forsake you. You're saved forever. What a wonderful thing it is to know Christ as your Savior. If you prayed and asked Jesus to come into your heart and into your life and save you right now, would you do me a favor, a favor here? Would you just slip your hand up? Is there anybody that made that decision this morning? Maybe you're watching via the internet today. I would encourage you to find a good Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church to get involved with so that you can grow and flourish as God's Word says. Dear Father, we pray right now that you would speak to our hearts in this time of invitation. God, I pray that you would guide our thoughts. We thank you for the message. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand.